This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On Today. So much to think about. I have had so much to think about since I first spoke to Tammy Marshall. This started back on the Sunday Zoom calls. Jacqueline, one of the ladies in the circle, said, I think you should speak to Tammy Marshall. And I said, all right, let me get her on the phone. And that took a while because I'm not always the best organized person. But finally, I got dear Tammy on the phone. Tammy is the president and CEO of Biophilia Pharma. She is a biophiliac and longevity expert. And she's also a great advocate for older people. I'll be taking a lot of her wisdom with me when I travel to Florida to see my mom in a few days. And I have to tell you, too, what happened recently with a girlfriend from high school and a conversation with her mom that happened Sunday at the market. It would have been completely different had I not spoken to Tammy L. Marshall, who has taught me a thing or two. And now I introduce Tammy to you as she explains what the name of her website and company is all about. Biophilia Pharma is the name of the website. Biophilia, the word, uh, the first part of the word bio means life, and the second part, philia, means love. So it's love for life. And I spelled pharma, P-H-A-R-M-A, because, uh, you know, the, the whole notion of loving life is its own prescription, and specifically uh, loving being around nature as a pharmacy versus a pill. Ooh, ooh, loving life is its own prescription. I've never heard that before. Is that yours? It will be now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it will be. All right, tell us how you got into this field and tell us about what you do. All right, so I would say, like, for the past 30 years, I've um, been in healthcare, born as a healer archetype, I would say, teacher healer archetype, and have been, uh, when I say healthcare, I've, I'm a registered nurse, I have a master's degree in integrative health, I'm a massage therapist, yoga practitioner, herbalist. So my background is healthcare, but where I focus most of my time is in the spectrum of aging services, long-term care. So that means... I've been in the C-suite running what we call long-term care um, homes, so nursing homes, senior living, uh, CCRCs, kind of uh, been in the C-suite in the largest New York uh, homes in New York State. I've never heard CCRC. What does that mean? It's a retirement community. It's usually it's a, it's a life plan communities. They also call them life plan communities, meaning you buy in at a certain price, and you can come in as a independent person living in your own home or cottage. They often say, and mm-hmm. then once you buy into the plan, you're with us or with the company for life, meaning you you never actually have to leave uh, the property if you if you're happy there. Okay. So what is it that you've learned through these 30 years that you know we need to know? So 
what I learned came crashing through probably with a lot of other people last year around COVID and, and watching what happened to the people that both work and live in the space that I provided care in for over 30 years, which is basically uh, shutting them out of all of what nature offers. You know, there was a, you know, basically quarantine for all residents and the people that took care of them. They basically couldn't leave the nursing home or senior living communities. And after watching that and seeing the the decline and the um, degradation of that, we've lost, you know, over 170 older adults uh, in that space just just in the United States, 170,000, I should say. So um, that's pretty profound. And I decided, you know, I had my own aha moment and I sold my equity in my company, left a company, and went out on my own with Biophilia Pharma. Just for the rest of my life, I'm going to figure out a way that uh, what I basically would say locking people inside of their homes won't happen again, especially in long-term care, dementia communities, and so forth. So I'm I'm all about education versus, versus medication and really on a movement to help people rewild, especially people who are um, stuck, you know, I shouldn't say stuck, that live in those places. And and I, I, I'm saying it, you know, with a hypocritical tongue, I I operated them for over 30 years. So, but I I know there's a better way. Right. And when you know better, you do better. So we're focusing on, well, all humans, but mostly senior humans. I would imagine that some of these people, some seniors, I'm thinking of my mom, who's 90, you know, um, she walks to the post office or takes, you know, her little dog around the walk. And that is her time in nature. Wonderful. <laughs> but but I'm sure she could take a deeper dive than that. Or is that all we need? So just that alone, she's already redu- reducing her, what we would say, uh, cortisol load. So being outside is one way. And, and from, I mean, it's the irony of your show meaning shine on and why I think being outside is particularly important is because it when you think of the notion of epigenetics and turning on and off genes for well-being vitamin d is kind of the super super molecule that if you can turn that on you're increasing your immunity you're promoting sleep you're decreasing cortisol so your mom just going to the post office out in that uh, even though we're in, I'm assuming northern. If she's up here with us in the uh, upstate New York, or no, you're, she, you're not, she's in Florida. Ah, good for her. Okay, yeah, so yeah. she's she's you know really soaking in the benefit of vitamin D, which is you know you you've learned this through COVID, and and hopefully people will highlight it even more. But that is one of the master kind of elements you want to turn on from an epigenetic uh, standpoint in terms of well-being. So her doing that is one way, but I I can tell you from the research on biophilia that you don't necessarily always have to be in nature. You can look at nature scapes. You can have plants in your home. You can have, you know, you can hear running water. There's lots of ways in which uh, you can impact your well-being in terms of uh, biophilic design in your own home or in your office. Wow. Uh, my my husband's mother, my mother-in-law, is in a memory care facility in Vermont, and I don't think she stepped outside for more than an entire year. 
Yeah, that that almost you know that makes you that makes me cry inside. But you know, ninety three percent of Americans forget you know not just older adults in in uh, communities, but ninety three percent of Americans are indoors. Um, you know, they, less than seven percent time spent outside, and that's up to fifteen minutes a day. That's what the research tells us. So, it, it and where this comes from is, and this is another sad part. You know, about thirty-three percent of people living in the diabetes belt are obese, and you know, we're the only country in the world that has something called the diabetes belt, which is fifteen states, six hundred and forty-four counties, with people that have diabetes and are. Um, between obese and morbidly obese and you know studying that group uh over 97 percent of their time is spent indoors there's a problem here Mm -hmm. i see i see tammy marshall is our guest biophilia pharma.com is her website did i say that right you sure did okay talk to me about ageism yeah. Okay. Well, that, I think that's probably the root cause of why we're even on this phone call. As a culture, right? The United States, I would say the world is youth addicted. And there isn't another group of people that we could have said last year, stay inside, don't come out, we'll bring everything to you, don't come out until we tell you to, and then take your vaccination before you can poke your head outside. And by the way, you're not going to be able to see your family. You can you can log on a computer and look at them. There's not another absolute, not even people in prisons, there's not another group of people that we would have allowed to have that happen to, uh, except for older adults because basically especially those living in communities are invisible to us we, we can't hardly bear our own aging process much less look at those around us that are aging and so it, it's part of our culture you know i'm on you if you're on my website you will see that i'm on a campaign to change that and even our language you know they older adults uh from the research they they don't want to be called seniors they don't want to be called elders uh, blue-haired, tsunamis, all of those things, ageist terms that we use uh, to describe just another part of the spectrum of life are, are really sad and degrading when, when people hear them. And so, yeah, lots, lots, a whole podcast on ageism. Yeah, what should... But it's the root cause of why this even started, actually, because right. we wouldn't do it to another group of people. Absurd. Why, what should we call the older generation. Why do we have to label them? I don't know. That's a very yeah, good question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't feel like we have to stick another label on it. I mean, it's part of the isms of everything, right? Mm-hmm. We like labels because we can put things in a box, and then once they're in the box, we can treat them a certain way, however the box code goes. So I'm open to just leaving it without a label. And, right. they're, you know, it's like you, it's like me. It's it's people. What, what's, what's the point of putting them in a box. So my sister went to visit my mother in Florida after she was vaccinated, and uh, she drove down, and they had a lovely visit. And she came home and said to me that when they were out in public interacting, whether it was Starbucks or a big box store or a, a luncheonette, when the person, the server, came to take their order or wait on them, they looked at my sister and ignored my mother. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. You, if you ever interview an oil job, they will completely... I, I just did this on a, a TV show called Saltbox TV. It's a, it's a live stream show for older adults, and we interviewed the spectrum from 95 to 61 was the youngest participant. And by and large, they all, in their own way, talked about being invisible and over over-talked and, and ignored in almost every setting, especially health care. Especially health care. Yeah, going to the doctor's office with your son or daughter, you, the, typically the health care provider almost always speaks to who, whoever the youngest person is in the room. All right. That's just, that's just the research. And assumes that the older adult will be forgetful, that has a hearing problem, you know, that they, they usually typically talk louder. It's a very interesting phenomenon. Wow. We appreciate all you're bringing to this topic, Tammy L. Marshall. So now tell us what is the greatest gift we can give to people, all people. So presence, right? Your presence and how you're showing up with another person. And you kind of really just, you just said it in your own way, Casey, and that when your sister was out with your mom, you know, the waiter or person, whoever the clerk was present to your sister, and she noticed that, right? And your mom, note or mother-in-law, and mom noticed that they weren't present to her, and what that does to your soul. So your sister got full presence, your mom got zero, and you can see the dichotomy there. So the greatest gift that we can do is offer our presence, and we can do that much more thoroughly, better, and less distracted when we are centered. And and I'll go back to biophilia and how centering being in nature can place us in our bodies and our, you know, in our souls and our spirits so that we can show up that way. What are we afraid of? What are we doing? You know, I have to tell you, I feel so embarrassed now because when my sister came back and told me that story, I rationalized it. I said, well, you know, when I was a waitress, I wanted to get the order as quick as possible. So maybe I'm thinking the clerks just were in a rush and they thought they'd have a better chance of getting, you know, a quick, short, fast response from you. But that, I think, now that I say it, is ageism in full spectacular color. Blown right. There you go. Blown right up. Blown right up. And, you know, if you say, what are we afraid of, you know, at the core what you know and i just i'm having a hard time even saying it because it's so maddening but your example is so profound for this for this question because what we are most afraid of all of us not just older adults but what we're most afraid of is is not being seen right not being seen or known and it happened to your mom right there our our greatest fear you know second to to getting hurt from loving too much or, you know, opening our hearts is that we're not seen or known. Ignoring somebody is probably the most painful thing you could do because, you know, our core wants to be seen and known. No matter what age, I mean, infancy on, and no matter what age, look me in the eye, see me, see me. Okay. And that's present. Yeah. That's presence. All right, Tammy L. Marshall, you've given us a great education, me especially, and I so appreciate it. Is there anything else our listeners need to know? No, I shine on is what mm-hmm. I would say. Get outside and shine on. Beautiful. We're going to go to your website. What are we going to find there? 
lots of education and opportunities to engage and, uh, you know, all the ways in which you can think about rewilding, getting outside and rewild yourself. Rewilding. I've ne- is that yours, too? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not mine. But, you know, my again, the mission is to get older adults outside. Take an older adult outside today. Rewild with them. It's very easy. Just go out hand in hand and, and let them soak up the sun. Everyone. I don't care who it is. Not just older adults, but particularly those who have been locked up for over a year. Get them out. Okay, let's do that. Okay, let's think of somebody we can call and invite for a walk outside in the park, maybe by the river, maybe just around the block. Get somebody out of the house, get the sunshine on their face, let them see a little nature. That is a fabulous idea and good medicine. That's Tammy Marshall. So much to think about there. So, so much to think about that senior citizens never asked to be called senior citizens or even elderly. Why not just people? So this past Sunday at the Market on the River, I ran into my high school girlfriend, Nancy. She's fabulous. And she brought her mom. And and her mom, I guess you would say she was being a little bit cranky. Just a little bit, not cranky is not the right word. A little bit negative. We were talking about quilting at the booth. One of the booths we were at, there was a beautiful quilt on the table. And Nancy's mom was talking about how she went to dressmaking and design school when she was a teenager. That was like a specialty offshoot of her high school. But then the teachers only chose two people out of the class to go on to FIT in the city. And earlier in the conversation, I could tell Nancy was trying to, like, just take the conversation another way. Like, you know, Mom, don't be so uh, whatever. Um, and I was there and completely present and completely tuned in to listen to her mom. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be present. I wanted to see her. I wanted to know. I wanted to take this education that Tammy gave me and, and use it. And what came out was this story about Nancy's mom, she told us the story of how, you know, she's just felt bad all these years for having not been chosen, that only two people out of her class was chosen, and she wasn't one of them, even though she designed and, and, and sewed her girlfriend's wedding dress. And Nancy pulled me aside and said, I had never heard that story before. I had never heard her say I never heard her share that she was disappointed that she didn't take her her sewing and designing further. Now, isn't that just something? That it's been decades and decades and decades, and I'm going to say because I was present, you know, and I don't mean that to be self-glorifying, but it's because we treated this woman, Nancy's mom, with the kindness and dignity she deserved, we got a story that touched our hearts. And you can see in her face today, Nancy's mom, that it still hurts. So I'm grateful for Tammy Marshall and the gift she taught me about being present and and being aware of our own biases. So that happened a couple times at, at the market Sunday, where I usually would maybe rush a conversation along. I slowed down. I slowed down to say, let me see if I can be here more fully.
And I'm grateful for that. And the other thing it taught me is how some disappointments, gosh, we do carry them forever. My other girlfriend, Laura, her mom, Alba, passed away at 90, oh my goodness, four? Just a couple of months ago, Alba passed at 94. When Alba was 92, I told her that I was starting a food pantry. And Alba told me a story of when she was a little girl, she was the youngest in a big Italian family, and because she was the youngest, she's the one that had to stand on line to get the government cheese after school from, what was that, St. Vincent de Paul or one of those places. And she says she can still remember, she said this to me two years ago, Alba, she could still remember the other kids, the older kids going by and pointing and laughing at her for standing on that line. And when she told me that, she had tears in her eyes. And she passed away two years later. But because of Alba, I am very clear about my rule that no uh, children or even teenagers can volunteer at the food pantry. A lot of moms say to me, but I want my kids to learn about giving back. And I say, well, you teach them. You volunteer. You tell them your experiences. But I don't want any kids in my food pantry because I want those moms and those families that we serve to come in and never feel the way Alba felt. They shouldn't have to run into another classmate or they shouldn't have to run into their child's classmate, you know? Anyway, I'm grateful I was present and tuned in for that conversation. And I know going forward, I'm going to be more present and more tuned in for more conversation conversations. I like Tammy a lot. She's going to have to come back and put me in my place, revealing to me that I am an ageist and I didn't even know it. I'm working on Tammy. I'm working on it. I do want to tell you what's coming up on June 27th. Our beautiful Peruvian shaman, Rocia La Rosa, will be joining us at the Market on the River. We're going to gather in the Healer's Village on June 27th at 11.11 and do something magical. We had Margaret Fulgham there last week teaching us about essential oils. So we're still gathering. Come and join us and find out more at Casey.co and at LetItShineOnline.com. Our thought for the day is from Maggie Kuhn. Maggie had a lot of good things to say. Old age is not a disease. It is strength and survivorship, triumph over all kinds of vicissitudes and disappointments, trials and illnesses. Maggie said there are six myths about old age. One, it's a disease, a disaster. Two, that we're mindless. Three, that we're sexless. Four, that we're useless. Five, that we're powerless. And six, that we're all alike. Maggie said if you're not prepared, retirement at 65 makes you a non-person. It deprives you of the sense of community that previously defined your life. She said men and women approaching retirement age should be recycled for public service work and their companies should foot the bill. We can no longer afford to scrap pile people. There must be a goal at every stage of life. There must be a goal. And what she wanted on her tombstone, here lies Maggie Kuhn under the only stone she left unturned. Maggie Kuhn, an American activist known for founding the Grey Panthers movement after she was forced to retire, at 65, said old people and women constitute America's biggest untapped and undervalued human energy source. 
Maggie said, speak your mind, even if your voice shakes. And when you least expect it, someone may actually listen to what you have to say. Thank you, Tammy and Maggie. And don't forget your homework. We're going to call somebody who's been stuck in the house. We're going to get them out in the sunshine. Take somebody for a picnic. Take somebody fishing. Take somebody out in a rowboat. Take somebody for a walk in the woods. And shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.